name, amen. All right, well, good evening, everybody. Welcome in the house and also uh, those watching online. Uh, uh, you may be seated. <laughs> watching online to uh, our Wednesday uh, uh, midweek service. Uh, we're going to actually start a, a new teaching, which the people on the screen sees. Um, and the titles I, I can't get no satisfaction and I don't know how you could do this but maybe for those watching you could uh, focus on the, the graphic can you do that I know we have the graphic up but what about the people online oh they can see it too sweet alright so so uh, our graphic is you see this hand reaching but it's it's constantly reaching. Obviously, it's, the water's there, so it, it's in the desert. It's thirst. You got time there. You got money. You got a bag with hole, holes in it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know how we are. Um, we're constantly offered things, or we uh, gravitate to things all the time. But it seems like we can't get no satisfaction. Um, and and I use the word "seeing," but it's not even a scene. You know, there's so many things that are just fleeting, and and we get so. Uh, uh, set up in his life, you know, because once the adversary gets us locked on our, our sexuality, our sensuality, he got us um, because we're supposed to be led by the spirit, right? You know, they that are led by the spirit are the, you know, the sons of God, right? And so he tries to get us caught up in, uh, you know, uh, I did a message years ago in Ohio at a camp meeting we had, uh, it's called Flip the Script, and how when we, uh, we start out in life where we are a spirit. That's who we really are, right? We have a soul, you know. Uh, that's where our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, and our imagination is housed. That's, that's what triggers our sensuality. Um, and then, uh, but we live in a physical body. And so when we started out in the garden, basically, they were led by the spirit. That's why they was in God's presence and, and they were fulfilled you know, because they were locked into his presence. So it truly was heaven on earth. That's why in the beginning God created heaven and earth at the same time. Now, after sin, the script was flipped. So if I could do it this way, if I can have Lou and Gerard. Gerard, can I use you real quick? And so I'll be nice today. I'll be the soul, okay? We're going to let you be the spirit, Okay. All right, so you're on this, you're on this side. You lock, lock arms with me, and you lock arms with me. All right, so when we started out, this is the way it was, right? It was spirit, soul, and body, right? So basically, the spirit influenced the soul, so all of my choices are spirit-led, right? The Bible calls that spiritual-minded. We'll get to the scripture here in a second, right? Right now, we influence the body. So body is now led by the spirit, right? After sin, it's almost flipped. So, so now it's the other way around. The body's leading me, so now I'm fleshly-minded or carnal-minded. And now we're influencing the spirit. Matter of fact, the spirit don't even get a voice, right? The first voice now is the body, right, the flesh, and the feelings and the sensuality versus the first voice being the spirit. Now, the spirit is indeed what? But the flesh is, right? See, the soul in the middle is neutral. It's what's influencing it. Is, this, is it being spiritually minded or fleshly minded, right? That determines how we're going to operate. I just feel so strong about that. Yeah, because first voice was the flesh. But I'm led to do this. That's the spirit, right? Because the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, good. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that, right? And so we got to flip the script back to spirit, soul, and body, not flesh, soul, and spirit. That makes sense? Right. So, so let me ask you this. How many of, all, how many of you all out there at TV land and in the house like uh, the word thirsty or, or to be called thirsty? You see Venetia over there, right? You know, that's just like when you hear, you know, you're a little thirsty right now, right? Like, what, what, how do you feel on the inside? I ain't thirsty. Now, now that's a reflex, right? Right? But did you really bet it? So you really responding, why? Because I don't want to be called thirsty. 
I don't want to be called lazy, right? I don't want to be called irresponsible, right? But suppose you are. Because if you find out where you are, you can get from there, right? <laughs> well, in reality, we're thirsty if our thirst is not quenched, right? In reality, right? Um, and if we're feeding on the world's diet, it creates thirst. You know, just, just like uh, uh, you drink a, a, a cold beer on a hot day. I've told this story a thousand times. It's cold and it's wet, but it actually dehydrates you. It creates thirst. It doesn't quench your thirst. You know, like, so, you know, there's things that you eat that creates more hunger. It doesn't satisfy hunger because your body's not getting what it needs, right? So you feel full, but you're still hungry, <laughs> right? Because you're not getting any nourishment, right? And so what happens is if we, if we feed off of the, the wrong diet or the world's diet, we can find ourselves living the insatiable life, the insatiable life. That's never satisfied. A lot of, lot of energy and a lot of effort, but never satisfied, right? And so let's go to Haggai uh, chapter 1. It's one of the prophets there, Haggai chapter 1. And for the second time, I'm going to read through the amplified version, classic amplified version. It says, thus saith the Lord of hosts, these people say the time is not yet come that the Lord's house should be rebuilt, although Cyrus had ordered it done 18 years before. Uh, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you, for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses or the King James Version says your sealed houses while this house of the Lord lies, lies in ruins? It says, now, now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, right? If you're thirsty or not, right? And look, and set your mind on what has come to you. Like, just be honest about where you are. Look, let's be honest about what's happening. You've sown much, but you have reaped little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you do not have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. He who earns wages has earned them to put them in a bag with holes in it. Right? Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, your previous and present conduct, and how you have fared. Right? And so we don't have to get into the rest of it, but you see, he says, it starts with considering our ways. Like considering our ways, you know, there's a reason why we can't get no satisfaction. There's a reason why we put money with bags and holes in. Sometimes everything, all our resources leaking all over the place, we don't even, we just, we just keep, I don't understand why that's happening, but we're not stopping to see why it's happening, right? You know, you know, I just don't have time to do that. We don't see that we're not organized, right? I just, got, I, just got, I just got to make time to organize. I find time to organize. But I just don't have time to find the time to make the time to get organized. And if I can find the time to get organized, I will organize myself. But then I got to find the time, and I can't find the time because there's always something with my time going on. You know, and I just can't find that, that time. You know, everybody got the same amount of time is what we do with it, right? And you got to start. You got to be willing to take a hit sometimes to recalibrate your life, Right? You, you got be, be, to be willing to maybe allow the thirst and let God quench it, right? Not just jump at, you know, the uh, first thing that comes your way. So Revelation is 3.11, right? Uh, it, uh, it's not 3.11. It's 3.11. Uh, that, that didn't change. Didn't change. Trying to get these uh, my tablet and the computer to harmonize. Let's go to Revelation three. We was talking about that this morning in Bible study fellowship, right? So I got this scripture this morning in Bible study fellowship, <laughs> right? Just jump right out the right off the page, and we'll start here and we'll hit verse fourteen. That's what we was looking for. So. 
But but I probably gave the right scripture online, didn't I? Yeah, cool. Yeah, see, I just didn't change my tablet. All right, so Revelation three fourteen it says, and the and unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of creation of the creation of God. Look, this is all in red letters, right? Jesus talking. It says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would rather thou was cold or hot, like, like, like commit, make a commitment, right? It says, it says, so then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. It says, because thou sayest, look, look, I am rich and increased with goods. And have need of nothing. This is what, you, what what we're saying in our in our in our mind, right? Right. He says, "Look, have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked." So what he's saying is that that you're 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 constantly. We were talking about this uh, earlier, right? Well, you're communicating one reality, but there's a true reality. <laughs> the, the the reality is. You, you, you're telling yourself you're getting satisfaction, but you're really not. And so sometimes we don't realize we're settling for a taste instead of experiencing the whole inheritance. That's the only thing that's going to fulfill us, what God actually has for us. So look here at Hebrews 12, 16, and 17. I'm going to read the Passion Translation. Hebrews 12, 16, and 17. This is the passing translation. It says, be careful that no, no one among you lives in immorality, becoming careless about God's blessings, like Esau, who traded away his rights as a firstborn for a simple meal. And we know that later on, when he wanted to inherit his father's blessings or to really get satisfaction out of his life, he was turned away, even though he begged for it with bitter tears, for it was too late then to repent. And so, so, so a lot of times we can't get no satisfaction because we're exchanging what God has for us for what the, tell, the world tells us will satisfy us. Now, we hit topics like this from various angles because this insatiable appetite is flooding our lives from so many different angles. And I, I used to do, well, y'all know I did a Bible study with the Ohio State University football team. And um, one of the times I had a I used to, for, for probably 12 years, I worked with Steve, Brian, Tom. I worked with three guys, three different guys. So the second guy I worked with, you know, you know we would come in, and, and I would customize what, how I would share with them based on for what they were dealing with. But, you know, the, the, uh, this particular culture, Athletes in Action, you know, it was kind of more sticking with the doctrine, staying, you know, kind of lining things up with the doctrine. There's nothing wrong with that. So Brian pulls me to this, oops. Uh, so this person pulls me to the side and he says, uh, like, I noticed you're kind of hitting for, you know, th this was like for like months, you're constantly hitting relationships, this, that, and the other. I said, well, with all due respect, you know, we have a rotation. So if you want to hit the doctors, I said, that's cool. I said, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking to these guys. I'm dealing with these guys. They, it's coming at them fast, especially high profile athletes. You know, Division One school, opportunity to go to the NFL. You know, you go to Ohio State, it's almost like you got to mess up not to go to the NFL. Right? Michigan, too. Right? <laughs> right? So, so I said, man, this, this, like, like, we can't just breeze over this. And because it's a tough topic and maybe they might run and not come to Bible study, well, at least they'll run away with the truth. And so we, we cover it here. We cover, uh, we might cover it. smoking, drinking, lust, from so many different angles. If you go to a lot of situations, we're not comparing ourselves to churches, but it's not talked about. And, and we can talk about it for an hour. Or we could talk about it for four weeks straight. You deal with it every minute of your, it's, it's, it's flash flooding. It's coming at you fast. You know, flash flooding was always a good advertising tool where you can, you can hit people with subliminal messages before they realize it. So you're sitting in the, in the movie, and you say, Man, I just feel like some Coke and, and Pepsi, but you don't realize within those 30 seconds, with all that stuff they flashed at you, they flash Coke, 
and popcorn, right? There's a lot of subliminal messages and stuff. If you, if you, don't, you uh, the, the video games, only because I researched this because I teach subliminal messages to the kids. You go through the games. Next time you go through the game, don't just look at the targets. Like, don't play to win. Just play to look at the surroundings. And you'll see all these different signs. It could be Mason signs. It could be Illuminati signs. All these things are like while you're traveling through your game, and you're, you're subconsciously you're picking those things up, right? It's flash flooding. Well, now because of, of social media is on an all-time high, you got Facebook, stuff like that. Flash flooding, flash flooding. You buy stuff you weren't even thinking about, right? Flash flooding. Well, this, this lust is flash flooding because the adversary knows if we actually gravitate to God as our appetite, we're unstoppable because we're fulfilled. Somebody can offer you a bribe, be like, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't, I don't need that. Like, so, yeah. Like, yeah, do you remember? He offered him the kingdoms. We read this in Bible study fellowship in the morning too, right? He offered him the kingdoms. Jesus is like, are we serious? You're, you're offering me. It's, it's like, let's say if, if, the, if the Jesus' ultimate goal was Charlotte and the devil offered him, I'll give you the whole hardwood lane. It's for you. I'll give you the whole thing. Jesus is like, are we serious? Like, I'm about to have all power. Like, are you trying to give me an apartment? Right? But see, if you understood that, we do the same thing. We're, the devil is tempting us the same way, which we'll get into in a little bit. All right, so Luke 16. Let's go to Luke 16. And, and, and I, you know, I, years ago I, I studied out, uh, it was a teaching I did called Dominating uh, Demons and Devils. Uh, way back in Ohio. I, I might have did something close since I've been in Charlotte. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, 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 I walked through the Bible, and I just saw all these different... Uh, Mr. Lamar mentioned something you know, I had shared a while ago. He mentioned it this morning on the Bible Study Fellowship, just the uh, how, remember, uh, Jesus went into the, the headquarters to take out the demonic activity. But I saw how he said, I came to destroy the works of the devil, and if you start to watch him through, like if you walk through, you see the Mark of Luke, you walk through it, you'll see he never changed what he said he was going to do. And you'll see every place he went was intentional because he came what? To destroy the works of the devil, to take out the root, right? And so when I studied it out, I was studying out like how he's thirsty and he's panicking. Because he understands what his ultimate outcome is, weeping and gnashing of teeth, torment. So when he understands what torment is, what he tries to do is get us thirsty, gravitating towards an appetite and getting into this insatiable place. Hopefully, some of us will get us to take our lives. Because you know, whatever you were dealing with at the point that you take your life, you just took into eternity. So ain't nobody telling nobody that. They're telling you it's going to be relief. No, now, at least on earth, I have a choice or to repent and change and to get out of this mess. But now I done took it into eternity, no longer having a choice to choose. And, and what I'm dealing with, I've just taken into eternity, right? And then this is the other thing. He's hoping to get, to, to get our lives early because the same lust we're dealing with, he's hoping we, he can get us to take that into eternity, not with God. Now we're not with God. We're, we're thirsty for something that will never be quenched. And, and if, you, if you don't think that's torment, think of how, tor how tormenting it is for you. Some of us can't go a moment without that biscuit. Right? I, I'm, not, I'm not being funny. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, you can't, it's like, like something's going to happen to you. You know, like you're going to fall out. I just got to have a biscuit. I'm, I'm not talking about people dealing with high sugar and all that stuff. I'm saying same thing with lust. Like, like, if you look at how it's hard for us to, you know, we live in, I can't get no satisfaction. Imagine taking that to eternity. That's torment. Right? Okay, so just think through that. All right, Luke 16, 19 through 24, and of course, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, right? It says, there was a, did I tell y'all Luke 16? I didn't tell y'all what verse did I? Uh, okay, 19 through 24. My apologies. I said, there was a certain rich man who habitually clothed himself in purple and fine linen and, re and reveled and feasted and made merry in splendor every day. 
right? Every day, according to our culture, this guy's rolling, right? Wearing the best clothes, eating good, right? It says, and at his gate there, there was carelessly uh, dropped down and left a certain utterly destitute uh, man named Lazarus, reduced to begging alms and covered with unulcerated uh, sores. He eagerly desired to be satisfied, right, because he couldn't get no satisfaction, with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came, even came, and licked his sores. And it occurred that that man reduced to begging, died, and was carried by the angels uh, to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, or hell, the realm of the dead, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar away, and Lazarus, Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have pity and mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in, look, anguish in this flame. I can't get no satisfaction. I, just a dip. See, look, I had more than enough to drink. I'll just take a, a I'll lick somebody's fingertip that's wet. That's how, see, that's the reality. See, the scripture says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. There is no satisfaction out of, uh, of chasing unrighteousness. You, we can package it any way we want, but there's no satisfaction out of that. Scripture says, be filled with all the fullness of God. So, so the, that first scripture was Matthew 5, 6, but Ephesians 3, 19, filled with all the fullness of God. That's how we get our thirst quenched. God's diet is our only thirst quencher. And then we try to tell ourselves, and, and I don't think we try to tell ourselves because we tripping or we evil. You know, I, I shared this ages ago in Ohio. Whoever has your attention first or your, your, your thirst first, normally that's what you defend. You ever get into a bad relationship, everybody telling you, I don't know if that person's good for you. What you talking about? They are, right, so you just don't know what they've been through. And then you go through craziness with it. But, but people already told you. But you're defending it, you know. Or you, you know, once you get to smoking, now somebody starts telling you, like, you tell yourself you can't stop. So you're like, no, what, what are you talking about? Well, you know, hey, nobody's perfect. Why are we doing all that? Why don't you accept it's something I should not or it's not beneficial to me? It's creating thirst in me, making me thirsty, I'm going to offer this to God. It's on God at that point. But I got to surrender, as we was talking about this morning, right? I got to surrender it. But I'm not going to surrender it if I'm in denial that I even have it to give up. Does that make sense? All right, so, so the scripture says, uh, David said, my cup runneth over. Now, that's a man satisfied, right? I got more than enough. It's pouring on everybody around me, right? And let's go here at, at John. Because, again, to get our thirst quenched, we're going to have to really shift our focus and start with God. Like, before we move and navigate, I was, I was sharing this with a gentleman uh, you know, I talked to one-on-one -on -one in another state, and I was like, it's, it just starts with foundation. It's always foundation first. And so sometimes you got to be willing to take a loss on all the, the, everything else going on to really establish the foundation. Like, like you got to look bad. Everybody's going to look at you like, what you doing? I'm, but all you know is behind the scenes, I'm taking care of the foundation. You know, it may not be looking all that sweet. You know what I'm saying? But it looks like people are out of head. It looks like people are doing things. Why are you worried about what they're doing? You're building a foundation that all of your greatness is going to stand on, right? And so sometimes you have to do that, and it starts with God. Um, it starts with now shifting our diet. You know, I, I've shared this ages ago, but, you know, but how when I was pursuing basketball, I tried to set it up, you know, because I wanted to simulate playing in the league before I played in the league. So I had a season and an off season. You know, I played in like four leagues a week so I can get used to playing four games. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and then uh, and I would I would have a bland diet during that season. So from, so maybe like September all the way around to June. It would, everything be bland, no sweets, no nothing. 
And but but then once the season was over, which probably it wasn't June, probably you know last league I played in was like in August or maybe the end of July, August. Then I was like, okay, I can have my my root beer, my Oreo cookies, which I don't even do now. Um, but then I, I, when the season was coming, I was like, okay, I got to shut this down. But it, but it wasn't as easy as I thought. Like, you know, root beer be like, oh, are you serious? Like, like if I sat down to watch TV, my whole body was like, what are we doing here? Like, this is not really watching TV without the cookies and the root beer. Like, was you, was you on crack? Like, let's go get it. Let's get to it. Like, and I felt my body being pulled. Now, you know, I, I use root beer and, and uh, Oreos, but I went through this when I had cut out some pharmaceuticals, too. And I remember sitting down watching the game, and my hand went down to the floor on its own because down to the floor back in the day was an ashtray that had something in it that I utilized to enjoy the game. Or on, on, on the, 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 the right of my foot would be a bottle of something that I used to enjoy the game. So even when it wasn't there, default. I was like, really? Was it, is it that bad? Okay, we want to talk about that. Even when, it had to, when I had to shift the whole woman thing, you know. And so, so when, I, when I was shifting the woman thing, I said, what's the woman thing? What are you talking about? Uh, well, well when, when, you're, when you're not, when you're in, yeah, when you're in lust, yeah, surveys, see what kids were saying. <laughs> like when you're in, like, you don't realize how much you're not in control of yourself. So I was like, okay, now I got to train myself not to look at uh, young ladies. So, so I, was in the, I was in New Jersey, and I worked in New York. So I said, New York is the test. So, so I would be walking down the street. So like right now, I'm looking at the bottom of the door, right? But you don't, did, did anybody know I was looking at the bottom of the door? It just looks like I'm looking straight ahead, right? And so that's what I would do. I would, I would pick a target like the bottom of a mailbox five blocks down, and I would lock in on that and walk through. And I had to go from Port Authority to Grand Central Station. I don't know if anybody knows anything about, about uh, 42nd and all that, but yeah. But not only that, you're going to see a whole lot of people. And if your issue is young ladies, it's a melting pot. There's people from everywhere. But I would just, I'd be locked in. I was just locked in. I was just training myself. So I was driving one day. And so I was driving, and way, I don't know, I don't know how many feet down, it was a young lady standing out, maybe at the bus stop or something. So you can't see the person, right? So I said, hey, this is good training. I'm not going to look at her, right? And so I drive, drive up, drive past, did not look. Do you know, without even me realizing, my head looked up in the rearview mirror, like, I was like, are we serious? <laughs> Is it that bad? <laughs> like, like, almost like I'm some type of fiend. Like, without me, without my permission. Because what? I drove by so consciously, because mental ascent, I drove by. But my default said, oh, no, we got another option here. And I saw how bad it was. You know? And so I, I realized how I had to work to shut that stuff out. Right? So I, I just gave you a few scenarios, you know, just... You know, you could put whatever category, plug in whatever category you want. But it starts with, like, like not trying not to do something, doing what you need to do. The Bible says, it says, turn to God from idols. It doesn't say turn from idols to God. Right? So what I'm, what I'm going to do, so what I did in the off season was, I didn't try to stop drinking root beer. I drank water. And I kept drinking water to a point where now I'm out of thirst for water. You see, you see what I'm saying? As opposed to, I ain't going to drink no more root beer. But I tell you right now, uh, uh, I don't know what your favorite meal is, but let's, I don't know. You just pick something. And I say, don't think about it. Well, that's the first thing you're going to think about, all right? So, so you got you to gotta put your mind on something else, not try to stop doing something. Does that make sense? So, so, so here, this is good. John 4. Did I tell you John 4? I have four and 14. Red letters again. Well, it's, we're going to go to 14, but let's start at verse 10. This is Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knowest the gift of God and who it is uh, that said to thee, give me to drink, because he asked the young lady at the well, hey, give me a drink of water. 
You know, she's kind of like, you tripping? We don't even associate with y'all. He says, he says, but if thou knowest who said, give me a drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would give thee living water. And a woman said unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep from whence then hast thou uh, that living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us of uh, the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. So this natural stuff shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. So what he was saying is like when we drink of him, like it quenches our thirst. We're satisfied. Ah, ah. My wife would go, ah. <laughs> right? I right, just go to John 7. John 7, verse 37. Now, this is uh, down our first scriptures when we talk about the indwelling of the spirit, right? Because he talked about a well. A well, you dig in and pull it out. When the spirit indwells in you. This one, we're talking about the infilling of the spirit, right? This is in, in uh, verse 37. It says, John 7, 37. In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, if any man is thirsty, thirsty. If any person is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow, flow rivers of living water. Basically, your cup is going to run over. And so what happens is the adversary's job is to create so much fear and doubt in us that we don't believe. And we keep trying to put our hands on stuff that we're supposed to take our hands off and yield to God. And so every time we put our hands on stuff, we're thinking we can quench our own thirst, Right? And so we just end up creating more thirst. And so we find ourselves living spiritually dehydrated, right? Spiritually dehydrated. So a lot of times when you're dehydrated, you're full of toxins. And when you're full of toxins, it restricts your movement. You know, you'll go places, you can go to a chiropractor, go different places or someplace where they stretch you or do massages. They're like, are you drinking your water? You know, the thing is, what I, what, I, what I did learn about basketball at every level of my age is if, if I knew I had a big game or something coming up, I'd be drinking all, water all the time because I knew I was going to feel like flowing, you know, like my, my knees wouldn't be hurting. You know, I felt, I felt like I could just go. I could move. Why? Because I'm flexible. I'm, I'm not thirsty. And so when we're thirsty, when our body is thirsty, we have a lot of aches and pains. You know, so when we're spiritually hydrated, we're, we're full of these, the world's toxins. And what it does is it restricts our movement in our lives. Now, but we tell ourselves we're moving fine. But just like in life, we tell ourselves we're moving fine. We know good and well we need to drink more water. We know good and well we need to stretch and do things like that. But we get, no, I'm good. You know, we'll go and have a, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? What do you call it? An exam. You know, like your yearly physical, yeah, yearly physical, and the doctor says, oh, you're pretty much in good health. And we go, doctor said I was in good health. God be saying a whole lot of stuff. We don't see people that excited, right? Doctor said I was in good health. You know good and well you ain't in, in, in perfect health. The doctor is saying based on your vitals, you alive. They're, they're, look, the doctor saying I haven't seen anything that's about to kill you. That's what he's saying because they see something. Hey, hey, you know, you might have uh, I don't know, uh, some, uh, gallbladder problems or kidney problems, stuff like that. When they don't see none of that, they say, I don't know, no problem. Kidney's fine. You know, your gallbladder's fine. You know, uh, you know you, you're cool. They're not basing it on God's design for your health. They're basing it on in comparison to everybody else. We walk in there all the time and they be like, oh, based on your age, you guys are in uh, phenomenal health, right? No, I'm not. I know I'm not, because I'm honest with myself. That's why I'm up early in the morning going to the gym. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of times we're not moving because we're, we, we're allowing toxins in, all because we're thirsty. Because, you know, we get the toxins from eating the wrong stuff, right? Why do we eat the wrong stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Hungry and thirsty, right? <laughs> that thirsty. Because we thirsty, Pastor. 
All right, Matthew 25, 31 through 39. <laughs> yeah, we thirsty. Don't get offended. Somebody will be at the church and be like, you, you thirsty? You acting thirsty right now. I ain't, ain't nobody thirsty. You're probably thirsty. You know, that's a thirsty reaction. <laughs> that is definitely a thirsty reaction. Because somebody ain't thirsty, you probably start laughing. You play too much. The thirsty person, what you trying to say? Just said it. All right. I didn't just say it, so don't get on, Pastor. All right, so Matthew 25, 31 through 39. It says, when a son of man comes in his glory, his majesty and splendor, and all his holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them, the people, uh, from one another as the shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. Keyword, sheep and goats, right? And he will cause the sheep to stand at his right hand and the goats at his left. <laughs> then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, you favored of God and appointed to eternal salvation, eternal fulfillment. It says, inherit, receive as your own the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the word. So basically your inheritance, right? It says, look, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you brought me, to get, uh, brought me together with yourselves and welcomed and entertained and lodged me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison and you came to see me, right? Then the just and upright will answer him, Lord, those who think they're just, Lord, when did we see you hungry and gave you food? or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcomed and entertained you or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and came to visit you? He said, well, if you've done it to the least, you've done it to me. All right, so this is the interesting thing is, he said he was separating sheep and goat. And those that were right, those that were right sheep, he says, okay, you guys are with me. And the goats he separated, he says, God's with me. He says, man, I watch how you didn't live thirsty. See, when, when, when your cup runs over, you have no problem with giving. You see what I'm saying? Like, like you don't think you, it's a loss. Like, yeah, you see on there is a clock in there in the back. Like, you know, you don't have the time. I don't have the money. You know, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to go all the way down there to visit you, man. I, I'll get to that. I'll get, it's always I'll get to that. Right? Because when you're living thirsty, you never have time for nothing. Right? But you greed, like a goat. See, see, that's why he's separating them. See, the goats are greedy. Right? You see what I'm saying? You see the difference? See, see, when you, see, see, when you think about that rich man and Lazarus, the rich man was just greedy. And so Lazarus could have represented the Lord saying, hey, I'll just take a crumb. Like, he didn't even want to give, <laughs> he didn't want to spare a crumb. <laughs> like, really? We doing that now? <laughs> like, we that greedy? See, that's what happens in, in our culture. Like, God set up a system, you know, seed time and harvest, even tithe. tithe. You think tithe is about taking something from you? God don't need what you got? It's about positioning us, but we eat the seeds because we greedy. Like, like, do you realize when you eat the seed, all you got is the fruit that you had? You can't produce no more fruit. You don't eat the seeds. You ate the tenth. That was the seed. That was so you could be fruitful, re multiply, and replenish. But when we thirsty, we trying to chomp on the seeds. Okay, all right, good. I'm just saying it right, right here, right? All right, so Isaiah 27, 29, I'm sorry. Isaiah 29, 7 through 8. Isaiah 29, 7 through 8. Now, again, I told you no one likes to hear the word thirsty, right? We don't like to hear it. Anybody here is so excited about, like, hey, Gerard, you're, well, I'm not picking you, you're going to be fine. Uh, I use her because she says she don't like it. Uh, 
hey, you know, you thirsty. You know, you're like, ooh, tell me more. <laughs> I'm thirsty. I'm greedy. <laughs> ooh, thank you. you. You know, you always compliment me. You know, you always, I can rely on you. You're so encouraging. We don't take it that way, do we, right? 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 It's almost, like, it is, but it's almost like you feel like, I mean, I get it. Like, I don't want to be thirsty, like, but I don't want to be thirsty, so I want to change. Now I don't want you to tell me. You see the difference? Because one, I'm not changing. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm just shutting you up from making me aware of what I need to do to change. The other one is, come on, keep telling me to, like, like, keep, like and this is how I am in my life. I, just, I had stopped working out because I, I broke my knee. And this guy would come in my, we used to work out before I broke my knee. So he'd come to my office. Uh, we was working at the church together. You know what I'm talking about. He's like, so you worked out today? I was like, nah, but I'm going to get to it. But I didn't go, man, stop asking me if I worked out, man. I didn't do that. I just let him, I said, keep talking to me. I said, I'm going to get to it. And so no matter, every time he said it, you know, it kind of pulled on me because I know I needed to work out. But I embraced it until I what? Until I started working out. Why am I trying to get him to shut up? That's some incentive, isn't it? Isn't it? Okay. <laughs> like, like, you see that? Like, like come on, y'all. Like, <laughs> you're like, well, I don't want to get nobody no ammunition to be telling me something I want to hear. <laughs> That's what you're thinking? All right, so Isaiah 29, 7 through 8. It says, uh, and a multitude, uh, I'm, I'm reading that Amplified. It says, and a multitude of all the nations that fight against Ariel or Jerusalem, interesting, Ariel <laughs> or Jerusalem, even all that fight against her and her stronghold that distress her shall be as a dream, a vision of the night. And that shall be as when a hungry man dreams that he is eating but he wakens with his craving not satisfied. <laughs> and as when a thirsty man dreams that he is drinking and he wakens and is faint and his thirst is not quenched. So, so shall the multitude of the nations, uh, of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion or God's people. Or in this particular case, Ariel, which is Jerusalem. <laughs> right? That's what it says. It doesn't say that. Ariel, Jerusalem, right? Huh? <laughs> yeah, so, so people need to stop fighting against Ariel, you know, if you don't want to be thirsty or hungry and not satisfied. <laughs> right? But you see, do you understand what I'm saying? You see, you see, he's saying people that come against us or come against his kingdom, his way of doing things, end up thirsty and hungry. All right. You ever read the scripture, right? And so, so, so now... As, as we're processing through this teaching, I don't know, obviously we're not going to talk about it next week because it's fast week, maybe the week after. Just think through this. Are you in purpose with passion or passionate without purpose? So I repeat it. Are you in purpose with passion or passionate without purpose? I'm just passionate. Are you in purpose? <laughs> Right? See, God fearfully and wonderfully made us for a reason, right? And we get our thirst quenched when we operate in what he designed us to do. Now, sometimes we take, and, and I didn't write the scripture down because I, I read it ages ago. Like when I really was a young, uh, young guy in the word, but it was saying how we take what God gave us and use it for ourselves, not use it for what God designed it for. You know, sometimes we take our looks and we, we exploit our looks as opposed to God used them to attract people into you who's supposed to be into God, right? Uh, we take our, our gifts and our talents and we use them for our benefit, not the benefit of the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so we end up finding ourselves in a lot of thirsty places. And this is the thing. How do I know am I, let's say, so the question was, are you, in purpose with passion or passionate with purpose. So you don't have to keep telling people about your passion. They should be telling you because they see it displayed. You know, I'm not passionate about such and such. No, you wouldn't have to tell nobody. You know, if you're passionate about what God designed you to do, you don't have to tell nobody because you, you see it. 
you know, purpose is the incentive. Obedience is the response. Purpose is the incentive. Obedience is the, is the response. So no trinkets necessary for what you truly love. No props, no titles, or acknowledgments required. Just the fact that I'm in purpose is my incentive. Again, no trinkets necessary because I truly love it. Like, I truly love what I do, so no trinkets necessary. It's allowed us to not be so focused on our salaries and stuff like that and make sure God's house gets what it needs. It's a wonderful thing, but it's not necessary because it's what we truly love, right? No props, no titles. So you can navigate through the, the, uh, the um, silent years of your life. Thank you. My fault for leaving it. <laughs> right? You can navigate through the silent years. Why? Because I'm not trying to keep up with nobody. I'm not thirsty to get props or to be seen or my, my life is not about likes. Are you serious? It's, 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 I'm, I'm trying to be fulfilled. <laughs> likes don't fulfill nobody. It just makes you comfortable and not doing what God tells you to do in some cases. All right, not all cases. So, 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 so what I want to do in, in, in this pocket so I can get some satisfaction, I want to avoid being led by lust, right? Because lust creates thirst, right? Obedience quenches thirst. Lust creates thirst. Obedience quenches thirst. And we can justify th these little uh, lust travels in our lives. We can kind of justify it. We can come up with a lot of justifications and excuses, um, but we're cheating ourselves. And, and then we create these delays, and then we operate in, in irritation and frustration as if it's God's fault. But we, we allow ourselves to go down the path. See, see uh, <clears throat> so I'll give you this example. And so I was, I was, I was planning this tournament. They had this uh, tournament. I don't know if I want to get the name of the tournament because then person may feel bad. So I was planning this particular tournament, so we get to the championship game. And I knew we was going to beat the champions. And so we get to the game, and, you know, we're playing. And so one of the guys on our team, all he had to do is just play his role normal. He ain't had to do nothing extra. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I actually played well that day. I don't, I don't think I missed a shot. So at the end of the game, I was like, man, you just don't seem like you were what I was expecting. He said, well, you know, you know, he's called me Brad. My bad, Brad, man, you know. Uh, you know, we're trying to live for Christ. Man, I, you know, I had a couple beers uh, last night, this, that, and the other. I said, I knew something was different. So this is what I said. I said, well, basically, you had your reward. You, you, you satisfied yourself last night. So you're not going to get the fulfillment of today. And so sometimes we're satisfying ourselves, but we're still looking for the fulfillment of God. And in all honesty, we're not really satisfied with our satisfaction of ourselves. Because it just leaves us thirsty. So we'll take, the, we'll take this little extra money here. How much is that little extra money, that little seed doing for your life? Is it fulfilling you? But we're cheating ourselves from fulfillment. You see what I'm saying? But well, we keep saying this little extra, this little extra overtime. Are we serious right now? If, I mean, if we're just kind of honest. Or that little moment of pleasure. If we're honest, uh, as uh, AJ used to say, five seconds of pleasure. Like, is it really, like, fulfilling us? Or do you feel that drop off? <laughs> Especially if you're outside of God, right? It wasn't even worth it. It wasn't even worth the extra guilt, the feeling bad. The condemnation. Look at all the, the, the other thirsty things you get. You know, it wasn't even worth it. All right, so John 6. John 6, because I, I, I gave you the, the quenching thirst scriptures, but let's give you the quenching your hunger scripture. Uh, John 6.35 amplifies as Jesus replied, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. 
He who believes in, cleaves on, and trusts in, and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. So we have the, the, the best thing to keep. And the thing is when you're, when you're spiritually hydrated, you can navigate better in life. You're not reacting to everything. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not irritable. You know when, you're, when you don't get the proper nourishment, you're irritable. You know, which I call a hangry, right? You know, you hangry. Yeah, you know, um, uh, when, 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 when your, your finances are better when you're fulfilled too. Because you ain't just jumping at every sale. Like, you don't go into a panic during the holidays. You know, like, ah. <laughs> there's a sale over here. There's a sale over there. And you ain't even paying attention to the sale. It ain't even a sale. You just marked everything up. <laughs> you bought it for the regular price. <laughs> you know, but you so like, the sign is red and it's white. And it says sale. And then they take, oh, oh, this this really costs this. You know, like somebody prints those tags, right? Yeah, you know, so we go on through all this stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I want to mess a couple of y'all up. You know, I know y'all out there um, on your shopping sprees. All right, so let's let's end with this this passage here, Romans eight, since we referred to it when we were talking about flipping the script, and then we'll we'll cover the rest at another time. Romans 8, uh, we'll start at verse 1. Now, Romans 8 is after chapter 7, Romans chapter 7, which is after Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, it tells us to put off these things, you know, you know, uh, uh, the old man and his deeds in, in 6. As you get to 7, um, David starts talking, I mean, not David, uh, Paul Paul says, the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Who shall deliver me from this body of death, right? And then he said, thanks be to God, the spirit, right? Then he transitions into to Romans 8, verse 1. It says, there is therefore, therefore. Now, he just was talking about just the, the battle to do what's right, right? To stay locked into God, quenching your thirst, basically. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus. Because remember, we just saw he's the bread of life, and you'll never thirst, right? It says, who, it says there's no condemnation, because we go, there's no condemnation. Them in Christ Jesus, you forgot the rest, right? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son the likeness of sinful flesh, for sin condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, what? Not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that, are at, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh or are counseled by the things of the flesh, right? It says, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded, fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind or the fleshly mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Right? And so, so again, because they're going to just be thirsty. So even while God is trying to lead them and guide them and teach them to walk through patience and embrace their process, they can constantly get pulled out of place because thirsty people jump at everything. They jump at every relationship. They jump at everything that they think will satisfy them. They jump at everything temporary. They're, they're constantly looking for instant gratification, instant relief. But when we're, when we're in God, we can navigate a lot more patient through. So he says, they're not going to please me if they're in the flesh. The only way they'll please me is in the spirit because the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41, right? And then uh, verses 13 and 14 says, for if, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Right? You see that? And so, so, so again, we got to challenge ourselves to do what it takes to feed the Spirit and not the flesh. Right? The spirit is the will and the flesh is weak. You want to feed the will and not the weak, right? Because the weak is going to keep you thirsty 
And, and you almost like, it, it, what it does is it'll train you. You ever had something that you were trying to change, but your mind was telling you well, there's nothing you could do about it? And so even when you start talking about change, you're not really trying to change. No, 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 hear, hear, hear me. Like, think it through. Let's, let's be honest. Let's, like, sometimes you, you, you're fighting against it, right? You really want to hear what nobody got to say. You, you, you know how that rolls, rolls, right? You know, you got your, remember the teaching? You got your landmines, right? Remember the landmines teaching? Like, people can't come nowhere near you. They blow up, right? Right? Or sometimes you'll play the victim, right? You know, so that keeps people off you too. Well, we don't want to crush you. Well, we're sorry. Did, did, did we say that, do that the wrong way? Oh, we're like everybody else. We don't want to be like everybody else. Right? So we start playing those games. But then there's a point where you get to, you're like, hey, I need to change this. And so in the conversation, you're like, yeah, you know, man, I see. See what I need to do? Got you. And you walk away and forget what man or man you were and go right back and doing what you was doing. Because when you're in your core, you're like, this ain't changing. But he says, believe, trust, and rely on him. You'll never thirst. So that means you got to believe in the impossible. See, with man it is impossible, not with God, all things are possible. Where does that begin? What, what does this start? Do you, do you understand the starting ground is impossibility? But we think impossibility is, 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 uh, uh, is permanent. No, it's opportunity. Now you get to see God. Yes, you can't do it. I can't do it. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see what I'm saying? No. Like, do you want, like, okay, so, so, so I know we're 60. But if you, like, <clears throat> I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I, I know we was having a conversation. Like, Keith, uh oh, I was talking to him yesterday, actually. And, uh, you know, so we grew up together as my brother's uh, best friend. And so he was like, he said, well, he said, Keith, you shifted things. You start doing things with the Lord. But he knew how I was. And there's many people that, that I, I talked to a couple that, that found out I was a pastor. And, and I talked to him. We, we had a four-hour conversation. And so I pledged with the husband and uh, uh, the, uh, I think the wife pledged the sorority or whatever. And so I, I never knew because I didn't care. They were Christians the whole time. <laughs> you know, there's a church on Chancellor Avenue uh, across from Weekway High School. I think it's clear or something. Well, yeah. So they haven't going to church the whole time. I ain't paying attention to nobody going to church, so I didn't know. So, so, so the question was, okay, what changed you? And, 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 and the wife was like, no, we really want, I, I like to hear stories of like how basically impossible people <laughs> changed. I was having a conversation one day when I first started living for God. I was in New Jersey, and this, this, this young lady was looking at me like, I said, well, you okay? She says, oh, my God, Keith Bradley got a heart. That was her statement. But I wouldn't have never said Keith Bradley didn't have a heart. I get what she's saying, you know what I'm saying? But do you understand, like, I was impossible for some people. I was impossible for me. But God, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so when I'm talking, my confidence in sharing God is I've seen him work. So there's nothing that's being presented that me and Pastor Mel's going, oh, I don't know what. Listen, you know, hey. Just be positive because you ain't going to never be with Jesus. You know, so, so just be as positive as you can, you know, because your situation is, nah. The Bible ain't talking about your situation. We ain't never said that to nobody. Somebody going to take that, that little clip, you know. Local pastor said, <laughs> you know, what, I, what I'm saying is, like, honestly, when I look at situations, I'm like, you ain't even nowhere near damaged. You are damaged from where you were, but comparison to the people that God's resurrected, you're an easy case. It's just because you're dealing with the way you think it's impossible. 
But it's not impossible. We had we had a young lady, we was at a, a minister to them in college, and showed up one day, he's on, on all this type of medication. Um, and so I just ministered, ministered to her, got off the medication. But I wasn't like, we ain't had no healing service or nothing. We just talked about what the Bible says. It wasn't like, okay, thus saith the Lord. Hold on. Bam! I ain't do none of that. We just talked about what the Word says. And they started to increase some faith, because faith comes right here and here by the Word of God. And she started to see different. And once she started to see different, she started to act on what she saw. And once she started to act on what she saw, she started to see impossibilities become possible. A lot less thirsty. All right, that's all. Uh, any thoughts, insights, uh, questions, things that challenged you, stimulated you, care to share? What'd you, what'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say, Gerard? <laughs> Gerard said, don't be thirsty. That's what we're going to close out with today.